Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Now on to the talking news. Joey's Park is closed again due to rats by Joanna K. Zuvalis. Joey's Park is once again closed due to rodents. According to a letter sent to Winbrook residents from Assistant Public Works Director Michael Santoro and Director of Belmont Health Wesley Chin, Assurance Pet Solutions will treat rodent burrows with rat-out gel, a deterrent substance with active ingredients such as garlic oil and white pepper. The company will also trap the rodents in baiting stations located throughout the park. This section of the park will be regularly monitored and treated over the next three to four weeks and remain closed until the problem is safely resolved. Joey's Park was originally closed October the 19th for one month due to a rat infestation discovered beneath the play structures. Assurance Pest Solutions used the same substance and procedure to resolve the problem. Santoro said food and feces are the culprits, causing the rats to return to Joey's Park. People are not picking up after their dogs and leaving the feces in the field near Joey's Park, which the rats find and bring to their burrows under play structures at the park, he said. All the trash barrels have been removed from the park, but people are still using an old sealed-off water fountain as a makeshift traffic, uh, trash barrel by punching holes in the tape and sticking dirty diapers and trash into it. He thinks the town may have to institute a carry-in, carry-out policy for public parks. Santoro also said that someone took the traps left in the burrows by Assurance Pet Solutions and put them in the field to use as goals for soccer. He is not sure who could have done it, but four of the traps, which were anchored down, were ripped up and found in the field. The Belmont Board of Health said calls from residents reporting rat sightings or evidence of rats' droppings between November and December, but began picking up again in January. Sightings have been all over the town, not just in one particular neighborhood, said Brianne Gray, the Belmont Health intern. Wesley Chin, director of the Belmont Health Department, said they became aware there may be a problem at Joey's Park again when a parent called to report they found a dead rat at the park. Gray and Chin inspected and found more rat burrows, particularly underneath the pretend stage area. Parks are for the enjoyment of everybody. We all need to work together to do our best to keep them clean, which means minimizing food sources, said Chin. 
He thinks the carry-in, carry-out policy would be a good idea for all the parks in town. There is a public meeting to address concerns about the growing rat population in Belmont on March 15th at 6.30 p.m. in the Town Hall Auditorium. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Backers of minimum wage hike Hold Fast, adopting a take-it-or-leave-it strategy by Matt Murphy. The ballot proposal to raise the state's minimum wage to $15 an hour is non-negotiable, according to a Raise Up Massachusetts insider who described the group's wage floor hike effort as a take-it-or-leave-it proposition as legislators look to find a compromise that would keep that question and two others off the November ballot. A new internal poll has imbued Raise Up Massachusetts, the coalition of labor, civic, and religious organizations behind three ballot proposals this cycle, with strengthened confidence in its prospects for convincing voters to embrace a $15 minimum wage and reject a reduction in the sales tax. While raise-up leaders remain optimistic that talks between lawmakers and business groups will yield a compromise over paid family and medical leave, the grassroots group feels no impetus to negotiate over the wage increase, either separately or as part of a bigger deal, the source familiar with raise-up's strategy told the news service. Raise-up plans in the coming weeks to ramp up its legislative lobbying efforts for the $15 an hour minimum wage by staging a series of community briefings around the state with events planned in Fall River and New Bedford, Springfield, Lawrence, Worcester, Boston, Lynn, and Brockton. The legislature needs to hear from us in every corner of Massachusetts that it's time to pass paid family and medical leave, and a $15 minimum wage. Field First organizer and Raise Up member Madeline McGill wrote in an email detailing the effort to coalition members. The insider who requested anonymity to discuss internal campaign and lobby strategists said the group will not entertain changes that take people backward, including the creation of a lower wage for teenagers or the elimination of time-and-a-half pay on Sundays. Pass our bill, the person said. A poll conducted by Kylie and Company in late January for Raise Up Massachusetts found that paid family and medical leave would be a slam dunk at the ballot box in November, while support for a $15 minimum wage was better than 2 to 1. A presentation of the poll's core findings obtained by the news service, also showed that despite strong support for a third ballot question lowering the sales state, state sales tax to 5%, it was vulnerable to negative messaging. Those results have buttressed raise-ups resolve to push forward with its ballot strategy for the minimum wage increase and resist pressure to cut a deal with business groups. The internal poll randomly sampled 600 registered and likely voters on both landlines and cell phones. The sales tax reduction question polled as well as a minimum wage increase, 
but support waned as arguments against the reduction were introduced to voters. Those negatives included claims that it would take money away from schools and transportation infrastructure, and that a decrease in sales tax revenue would hurt the state's ability to make up for the loss of federal financial support for health care and other priorities due to the federal tax cut. Now here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Town hiring consultant to look for solution to traffic. Traffic Advisory Committee will welcome public comments on March 8th by Joanna Kate Suvalis. Belmont resident Dr. Camille Foulihan is no stranger to this weekday traffic on Brighton Street during the morning and evening rush hours. He lives on the corner of Sandrick Road and Brighton Street and from his home office has a perfect view of the backup of vehicles, which has grown considerably in recent years. He believes many drivers are cutting through Belmont to get to and from their place of work using navigation apps on their mobile devices to avoid Route 2. As a result, rush hour has turned our beautiful neighborhood into a parking lot full of fumes, he stated in a petition presented to the Traffic Advisory Committee one year ago on February 28, 2017. One year later, after Foulihan's efforts and the results of the traffic study conducted for the Belmont High School project, Community Development is planning to hire a traffic consultant to conduct a town-wide traffic study. Residents' ideas for solutions to cut through traffic. One year ago, Foulihan collected 250 signatures in just one hour from residents concerned about the increase in traffic on Brighton Street. He took it upon himself to come up with some ideas for solutions and presented them to the Traffic Advisory Committee last year. Foulihan's pr proposed solutions include signage strategically placed at major town entrances near Concord Ave and Route 2 that say, Belmont Residents Business Only, for rush hour times. This would engage GPS companies to direct traffic away from Belmont streets, he said. Foulihan said that this solution has been implemented in various towns across America with success, such as Freeport, California, and Leonia, New Jersey. He said residents and businesses could have a special tag on their cars. This tag could also be offered to commuters for a steep price that could contribute to Belmont's tax base. Another future solution Foulihan presented is congestion pricing to impose a steep toll on Route 2 during rush hour or use electronic toll collection on main arteries of Belmont with a resident exception. This is a longer-term solution which may require state approval, he said. Foulihan thinks that the traffic is hurting local businesses, causing pollution, causing accidents, including at the railroad crossing, and could affect real estate values of Belmont properties in the highly traveled areas. The Traffic Advisory Committee told Foulihan it needed to wait and see what the results of the traffic study are for the Belmont High School project. Nearly one year later, the results of that study were presented at the BHS Building Committee meeting on January 11th. Foulihan spoke during the public comment period and, as a result, was invited to give his presentation at the January 26th Board of Selectmen meeting. Since then, Glenn Clancy, Director of Community Development, has hired a traffic consultant to give the town a proposal on a town-wide traffic study. On February 8th, the Traffic Advisory Committee met with traffic consultant Samuel Ofeado of the BSC Group 
to review the general scope of work that would need to be done for a Belmont townwide traffic study of cut-through traffic during peak morning and afternoon hours. The goal of the study is to eliminate, reduce, and or mitigate these cut-through volumes. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. <clears throat> Belmont resident uh, opens music education school by Joanna K. Zavallis. There's a new school in Belmont where young students can learn more than just how to play piano. Belmont resident and piano teacher Michelle Harris recently opened the Belmont Piano Academy, 241A Belmont Street in Belmont, which teaches comprehensive music education and appreciation. Harris is very passionate about what she does and hopes to instill a lifelong love of music in each of her students. I love that they are taught life skills through music, like confidence, perseverance, stage presence, and public speaking. It's not just about music. There are so many other life skills that come out of it, she said. Her background in education is in piano performance. She began taking piano lessons as a child when she was eight. Her friends were taking lessons before her, and she remembers being so jealous. She loved it and stuck with it. Her friends actually don't play piano anymore. She aspired to become a professional piano player, but changed her mind while she was getting her master's degree in piano performance because she realized how much she loved teaching young children. Students at Belmont Piano Academy will learn music history, composition, theory, and performance. She said the piano is just the vehicle she uses to teach students how music can enrich their lives. My goal is to help my students add music to their academic life in a way that's going to enrich their lives and broaden their minds and give them life skills of perseverance and hard work and appreciation for beauty and a broader understanding of the world, she said. Belmont Piano Academy also offers group classes. Students meet each other, meet each other on a regular basis, perform for each other, critique each other, encourage each other, communicate with each other. It's a, it's a real cohort of pianists instead of being off on your own trying to learn piano all by themselves. Do this together, which makes it a bit more encouraging. Sometimes piano lessons can be lonely, said Harris. Prior to opening Belmont Piano Academy, Harris taught lessons in her home. She decided to open a studio with more space so she could have two side-by-side -side grand pianos and an iPad laboratory. The iPad lab offers apps which make learning music fun and teaches students how to actually read notes. There's also an iPad app Harris uses which allows her to interact with her students in between lessons, see videos of them practicing, and provide feedback. Before agreeing to start lessons, she requires her students to practice five days per week for a set amount of time based on age and ability, and she offers prize incentives. She even teaches her students how to practice. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Five Things to Know from February 26th Selectman Meeting by Joanna K. Zavallis. 
Number one, solid waste and recycling contract. The Board of Selectmen agreed to sign the five-year contract with waste management. The total for fiscal 19 will be $2,224,296. Services will include fully automated solid waste collection, single stream recycling collection, yard waste collection, collection of holiday trees the first two full weeks of January, and the estimated cost to process 2,623 tons of recycling and pick up one bulky per month. The new contract will officially begin July 1st. However, residents will not begin using the automated 64-gallon barrels for trash and 96-gallon barrels for single-stream recycling until the late summer or early fall. Number two, plastic bag ban. A group of concerned Belmont residents who began meeting last November filed a citizen's petition on February 23rd to add an article to the 2018 annual town meeting warrant for a bylaw to reduce the use of single-use thin film less than four millimeters plastic bags and promote the use of reusable bags. The bylaw requires retail establishments to provide recyclable paper or reusable checkout bags. Thin film plastic <coughs> bags without handles used to contain laundry, dry cleaning, newspapers, produce, meat, or wet items, and other similar merchandise would not be prohibited under this bylaw. The selectmen voted unanimously to put the article on the warrant for town meeting to make it easier to control. The group of residents will withdraw their citizen petition. The town department, which will be enforcing the bylaw, is to be determined. On February 26, the Board of Health told the representatives who originally filed the citizen's petition, although it supports the ban, it does not have the manpower to take the enforcement on and recommended asking the town recycling department. The warrant article outlines penalties for violations of the bylaw for first, second, and subsequent offenses, which include written warnings and fines of $50 to $200. Number three, warrant articles related to marijuana. The selectmen voted in favor of putting two articles on the annual town meeting warrant related to retail marijuana establishments. One is to extend the current moratorium to the end of December to allow a safety net for the town if zoning or an opt-out recreational marijuana article is not approved. The other is for the town to collect 3% of marijuana tax, whether or not the town votes to opt out or extend the moratorium. Number four, warrant article to increase the number of selectmen. The Selectmen Study Committee voted 9-4 to four in favor of increasing the current size of the Board of Selectmen on January 30th. A citizen's petition to put an article on the annual town meeting warrant to increase the number of selectmen from 3 to 5 was filed. And number five, Porch Rest Fest. Selectmen gave their blessing for Belmont's Porch Fest taking place September 8th from noon to 6 p.m. Rain date, September 9th. 
This is a national event that brings the community together to celebrate art and music on residents' front porches. There will be two-hour events scheduled in three groups of precincts. Now here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Board unveils proposed zoning bylaw changes by Christy Armstrong. The planning board held a second public hearing on February 15th regarding the proposed amendment to the General Residence Zoning District Bylaw. At the previous public hearing on January 8th, excuse me, 18th, residents in attendance were vocal about what changes they considered to be desirable and undesirable, and the planning board seemed to take those suggestions to heart as they unveiled the proposed amendments. These bylaws, which were adopted by the town in 2014 as temporary revisions to the, the existing guidelines, are due to expire on June 30th, 2018. They were put in place to promote development that is compatible with the surrounding built environment as well as the existing neighborhood aesthetic through the application of predetermined performance standards. Proposed changes. We are deleting the time limitation, i.e. the sunset clause, said Planning Board Chairman Charles Clark. In addition, said Clark, we propose a small change in the procedure for decks, porches, dormers, and similar small projects by moving it from the Planning Board to the Zoning Board of Appeals. The complexity of the process for small projects was a point that had been mentioned by a number of residents at the January public hearing. The Planning Board is a heavier hand than the ZBA, Clark continued. Right now, in the current bylaws, everything goes to the planning board. With this change, there will still be the opportunity for public input, but it takes it out of the realm of the planning board. This is mostly a change in process, which will hopefully streamline things. A further point of discussion was regarding the size of an alteration or structural change in question. If such a change exceeds 30% of the gross floor area, According to the current wording of the amendments, a special permit must be issued by the Planning Board, not the Zoning Board of Appeals. Jeffrey Wheeler, senior town planner, explained the percentage still needs to be decided upon by the Planning Board. There's a large variation between one-family and two-family houses in terms of square footage, so even 20% could be a big number, he said. A smaller percentage or a sliding scale was also discussed. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Marching band travels to Disney World. The Belmont High School Marching Marauders and the Belmont High School Jazz Collective travel to Disney World for February vacation. This tour, February 17th to the 22nd, included performances in the Disney parks as well as several Disney performance workshop opportunities for all members of both bands. The Belmont High School Marching Marauders were selected from a pool of applicants through a screening process which included review of video of several past parade and field show performances. The Belmont High School Band was chosen to perform in the official parade route through Disney's Magic Kingdom on February 19th. In a similar selection process, the Jazz Collective was invited to perform and will be on the Waterside stage in Disney Springs that same day. In addition to these public performances, all music students attending the Belmont High School 
co-curricular bands trip to Disney participated in performance workshops with Disney professionals. These workshops provided students the opportunity to work in person with Disney professionals in a recording studio environment and experience the work of professional studio musicians, from sight-reading new music to rehearsing with a new conductor and creating a final recording set to Disney animation, all in a single session. I have had the pleasure of directing these co-curricular bands here at Belmont High School for four years now, and I have seen tremendous growth in individuals as well as in the achievement of each ensemble as a whole, all as a direct result of each member and section leader's consistent hard work. I am so proud of these kids and I have been certainly learned a rewarding experience like this performance tour. Plus, these tours serve as an authentic source of motivation. These students work harder during rehearsals and performances throughout the regular season, knowing that they have exciting clinic and performance opportunities ahead. A few rides, of course, uh, a few rides added, of course, added Paul Ketchen director of the Belmont High School Band. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Belmont Citizen Herald receives two first-place journalism awards. The Belmont Citizen Herald was recognized for editorial excellence by the New England Newspaper and Press Association at its annual convention February 22nd and 23rd. The winning journalist, newspapers, and websites were announced at the awards banquet at the Boston Renaissance Hotel Saturday evening. More than 3,000 entries were entered into this year's competition. The entries were evaluated by NENPA's Distinguished Panel of Judges. Joanna Zuvelis, Senior Multimedia Journalist of the Belmont Citizen Herald, received first place honors for Crime and Courts Reporting category for weekly newspapers. Contest judges said the two-part series, quote, Fate of Belmont Home-Based Daycare Now in Judges' Hands, which ran in the March 30, 2017 and April 6, 2017 editions of the Belmont Citizen Herald, provided readers with an eminently readable, fair, and comprehensive description of a municipal board decision that could have gone either way. It's a microcosm of how local governance works and a testament to the impact, for better or worse, of community activism, wrote the judges. Former Citizen Herald reporter Bram Berkowitz received first place in the investigative reporting category for weekly newspapers for his special report on former Belmont police officer Barry Ward, which ran in the May 18, 2017 edition of the Citizen Herald. The judges said it was a strong piece that illustrates the value of digging to uh, unearth the story behind the story. Now here's Max. Thank you, Claire. Pajama drive from cradles to crayons. Donations accepted through March 15th at the circulation desk and the children's room. The Belmont Public Library has teamed up with the Boston Bruins to participate in their annual pajama drive 
to benefit DCF, Kids and Cradles to Crayons. Help us collect pairs of new pajamas for babies, children, and teens. For every pair donated, you'll be entered into a raffle to win a brand new Kindle Fire, coordinated by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners and the Boston Bruins. Over to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings around Belmont.